Two Guys, One Shaker Cup Podcast, hosted by Joshua Shaw and Ryan Buckeye. What's up, everybody? That's like a slowdown intro. Maybe yeah. I've been told, Josh, by like, I don't know, 90% of the population that I speak too fast. You do? I don't I, know. I'm I mean, I think to... I have shit in, think you... in the world to get done. Yeah. Do you think you speak faster than I do? Yes. Yeah. I mean, I think going back and watching some of my YouTube videos, I think, um, yeah, I think I, I'm a speed talker, man. But that's because I don't have time to – I still I still take time to think out what I want to say. Like I don't say something that's completely like asinine stupid, but I say it quickly because I need to get on to the next thing. The, one, yeah. the biggest mistake, if, if Jesus Christ is real or not, not – it's not even a Jesus Christ thing. Whoever decided to create time. The biggest mistake they made was only allowing 24 hours in a day. Is that a Jesus Christ should, thing? Is that is, should is, you, I, I don't know. Should you be able to like buy time? Would that then um, create some issue where like the richest people could then become even more richer because they have more time than everybody else? I mean, you literally in, in the world, you can literally buy almost anything. You can buy points on a mortgage and get a lower rate. You can buy wives. You can buy everything but time, apparently. Like you can buy people and pay people off. I mean, it's, 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 I just don't understand why there's not more time in the day. So if I speak too fast on this podcast, I apologize, but we have a lot of information to cover and in 30 minutes, and, uh, that's a lot to do, man. And today's topic is a topic that is, was still is, uh, prevalent in the sports nutrition industry. And it's, and Josh pitched this idea and I think it's good. It's, it's, it's fake it until you make it. Is a bullshit mentality. Josh used a swear word again. Uh, I, you weren't a Catholic boy. You're a Catholic school boy growing up, were you? I was. Yeah. Okay. Think, yeah, All right. Up, it, it doesn't surprise until, me. Up, yeah. Up until like I think um, I don't remember what, what's what's the first thing you get first communion. I I didn't go to the next stage, but I was uh, I, I did grow up Catholic. So little Catholic school boy Josh Shaw. Uh, presented this topic with a swear word so i'm hoping this is a spicy topic for you josh i hope that you have some things that you want to say because here's what josh does for a living for people who don't understand like he goes to these sports nutrition companies and he basically says like open the books open your business let me learn about you and i have a feeling josh that a lot of these businesses that you have visited over the last several years probably uh encompassed this fake it until you make it bullshit um given this instagram world that we live in and when you see what they what's really behind the scenes it's just, it's not good. Yeah. That's where, for me, um, it starts to create problems down the line for when the industry starts to become more, I guess, mainstream or starts to become more um, accepted and interesting from like investment community or, or just like larger businesses wanting to draw inspiration or whatever it is. There's this huge um, kind of gap between what's real and what's fake. And a lot of it comes down to just the, the way that I think our industry has forever like marketed, um, you know, just the way our products have been marketed. So then you're used to saying like, you know, if you wanna get ripped abs, you gotta do, you know, if you take this product and all of a sudden, you know, it does all this crazy stuff to you. And I think that that, that then starts to bleed into some of the entrepreneurs, some of the salespeople that are in the industry, some of whatever. And then you start to just talk about things in a way that is not necessarily real or just provide any real information to 
outsiders that are looking at the industry and saying, how do I know who are the ones that are actually telling the truth and the ones that are, are not telling the truth? You don't, and, and you never will. Yeah, you, you, you don't because you have like, and this is, I probably always lean a lot more heavy into like sales, like mm -hmm. from a from an optic perspective of like, what is a legitimate business or not? Um, because I think that is a, a big issue in our industry where you have like the loudest voices, the, the ones that bark the loudest tend to be the ones that have like less than a couple million dollars in sales. Right. They just, they talk up like, you know, I'm going to change the game. I'm doing all this crazy stuff. In reality, they're doing not much of anything. They're right. just talking on Instagram or Facebook all day long. And uh, that creates problems because that's the information that ends up being out there. And then that gets kind of like, I guess, broadcasted out by other people sharing it and, and you know, giving them awards and, and doing all these types of things. And the reality is, is like, they barely are able to even pay their bills or even pay <laughs> themselves or anything like that. And it's, um, it creates a lot of issues because there's not a lot of um, just realness or transparency and, and, and it drills down to like, I think maybe like the culture of the industry and, and it just kind of bled into some of the entrepreneurs and the way that they um, represent themselves and represent their business out in the public because they want to, you know, look big or cool or, or whatever it is, but it, it creates a lot of problems that I don't think people really realize. It is, um, it's embedded in the DNA of this industry. And, and I think it's, you know, it's, again, you can talk about the, the key word here in this topic is fake, right? Like how much of it, and you, you mentioned it, like our, our marketing for years has been fake, you know, putting, um, obviously people that have been enhanced on magazines and on different ads, uh, where the assumption or the tie-in is assumed is, is made where if I take this, I'll look like that. And Josh and I did a whole podcast on, on marketing and, and how that's no longer like, we don't do a lot of that marketing anymore. It still exists. Um, but that marketing mindset then becomes the mindset of the brand. Now I and Josh are very similar in terms of, we love transparency. We love like pulling back the curtain and saying like, here's who I am. Here's what I am. You look at my business, Fitness Informer, and I have told people like how we make money. Uh, same thing with Fitbars. We do the same same things. Um, do I understand why people do what they do? It is a lot of people um, – perception is reality. A lot of people think that, right? Like if I see it on Instagram, if I see this CEO posing with this gorgeous-looking female in front of a, of a $200,000 Ferrari, he's got to have money. I mean and, – and again, I think people – because we live in such a social media world and they like the instant gratification and they, they care too much about what people think. That's a big thing. Like they have to give off this persona or this look, but then somebody like Josh Shaw comes in and has them open the books and you find out there may be a $3 million company with debt up the ass and that there, I mean, or whatever it might be. I don't know why it, it, I would, I, I would love there to be a paradigm shift where that's like, that's frowned upon where people are like, you know what? This isn't cool. And I think, What's interesting is we're seeing more transparency. Like when I think of perception as reality, I think of Redcon 1, Aaron Singerman. Like Aaron, Aaron doesn't hold back. Like he literally posted I think last week or whatever of, a, of Shopify going past a, a million dollars in sales for, for an individual month. Okay, like that is as transparent as you can be. Like that, this is uh, automated like right when that happened. You can see the breakdown between – D to C sales and wholesale accounts. I don't think many people do that. Like if you really want to see like where Redcon's dollars come in, you can look at that shop from Aaron and say, okay, they're predominantly wholesale on, back then when that, when that came through. 
But Aaron also will post videos of him flying in private jets. And, um, you know, Ford Raptors as a Redcon 1 gym billboard. I mean, we understand what that costs. You can do that. That's fine. But he also, I mean, I think Josh and I, we would agree that his books probably back up uh, the status of these posts. I mean, Redcon's making a buttload of money. Obviously, they have a, probably a ton of money uh, invested in, in individual, you know, products and whatnot. But I think for the most part, I can't foresee them having a huge cash flow issue at this time. But not every brand in the world is, is Redcon 1. We get that. Redcon 1, I mean, like I, like I was saying earlier, like Josh and I both would agree, like the perception probably equals reality there because of how much business and how popular they are. And, and you've actually, you know, went down to um, and, and actually had conversations with Aaron. But there are a lot of brands out there that you would think, based on their social media presence, are, are massive. But they're struggling, and they're struggling bad. Um, so what is it going to take? What what? When does the industry, you know, the industry started doing sort of transparency on labels and things of that nature, but when do they start becoming more transparent in who they are as a business? And do they have to, or should they? Um, I personally, I like it when they open their, their curtains and show us who they are because we did a whole podcast on basically how the brand should have an image and a personality. Um, so, I, I, you know, Josh, how many of these, were you ever, did you ever walk into one of these meetings with a company and were you, were you shocked because you went in with a predeposition like, this is a major brand based on everything I know about them. And then when you get there, you're like, oh, okay, they are not in good shape. Yeah, I think it's went both ways for me, honestly. Um, you have a lot of like sleeper brands that you walk into or you get in contact with that you then have access, uh, at least for me, maybe with the books, with due diligence or something that I'm looking at it and I go, wow, I, I would have never even guessed um, how well this business was run. And then on the flip side, you have the other side where you're like, wow, I cannot believe that um, they're in this bad of, of shape. And that uh, I don't think has anything to do maybe with the industry because I think there's just a lot of just great kind of silent brands that are run really well and the ones that are probably not all that right. uh, run all that well. But I think what gets us into trouble, or at least our industry, is that there is a lot of you mentioned personas, like the splashy personas in our space um, that I think Instagram and, and social media has really helped to kind of explode in a way where, where you have younger kids. And, and I think that maybe has something to do as well. In our industry, you tend to have a buyer group that's, you know, like 18 to 24 years old. Right. So they're very impressionable. They're very much looking at things. And, and if you have flashy cars and, and good looking women and, and uh, <laughs> private jets, like, you know, hey, I want to be like that guy. So then you start to emulate that person, not necessarily even seeing like all the bad stuff that he's doing or whatever. So like you think to yourself, well, the way that I have to act in this industry is I have to look flashy and do all these kind of things Right. where there's a lot of guys on the opposite side of the spectrum that like you would never even know who they are. They just stay in the shadows. They do their thing and they make tons of money and they use the industry for what it's worth because it's in terms of like a consumer packaged goods industry, like subcategory, sports nutrition is one of the highest performing growth um, categories that's been for the last decade. Right. Um, so you have like a ton of opportunity to make a ton of money in this industry if you can just keep your head down and work and actually put in the time to build a, a proper business. But what ends up getting in people in trouble is they maybe are not the best um, business people or they maybe um, feel maybe incompetent or, or whatever in that situation where then, then they start to like more fake it. They mm -hmm. fake the, um, the knowledge or the insights or just the capabilities they have from a business perspective. And 
I think that's what gets us in trouble because there is a good and a bad, I think, with fake it till you make it. I think for me, I'll use like an example for myself. Like I'm an introvert um, and by nature, when I go to like trade shows or conferences, I have to kind of put on this like show in a way where like I have to be a little bit more confident. I have to be a little bit more talkative. I have to be more friendly. That's not my normal kind of just mentality. Like when I'm in my day to day, I'd rather just be kind of in my own thoughts and my mind and kind of working through that. And, but in that situation, that doesn't work. Like I can't just be a wallflower sitting at the, the Mr. Olympia and waiting for people to come up to me. Uh, it just doesn't work that way. So that I think is like a good thing. Um, because I think I need to do that to actually perform my business in the way that it is. Cause, cause that personality doesn't necessarily make a difference in like what I do for a living. Like mm. somebody's not gonna be like, wow, he's, He's the, the life of the party. That's why I'm hiring a strategy consultant. Yeah. That's not the case. But in the when I'm meeting people, I do need to at least put on an, a good you know kind of front and say, like, hey, like you know, I'm somebody you would at least want to try to talk to, I guess, on a normal basis. But uh, so I don't think that's like a bad thing. But I think if it would be the opposite side, like if I was faking like my knowledge base, faking like what I know, like my capabilities, then that gets in trouble because I'm always trying to like catch up to that and and try to prove myself. I don't really have those skills or that knowledge and then I'm getting myself in trouble. So that's like a personal thing where I think there's that that good and bad. But in the same case like of, of brands or or the businesses, like it's one thing to just be like confident and saying like, yo, we're gonna crush it or we're gonna be the biggest brand in here, or whatever, like talk that game. That's okay. But I think it's the point where then you're not backing it up with like performance. You're not backing it up with the way you run your business. You're not doing anything thing to actually like back that up because eventually it's like that short-term confidence like gain or, or positivity gain you get from being um cocky or confident or whatever i think that that eventually you have to catch up with it with your actual what you could do if not it just ends up being worse than well, where you could have been at that's the thing right like i mean it, it's all fun and games until you get outed until somebody realizes the truth because there is there is an element to business in general of showing your of showing a certain type of side of your business like being out there on social even if you're pretending um but you're pretending to be busy or you have all these accounts and that might not be the case but that's going to entice maybe other accounts to reach out then be like well well if all these people are taking them whether they know the answer is true or false then they reach out and then maybe that's how you actually generate business so i mean you have to do a little bit of showmanship but hopefully you're doing the showmanship from an honest backing not something that's that's dishonest like you know um i'll use my borderline for example like yes i post you know i post weekly some pictures of us with shipments going out the door and sometimes there's 100 shipments i do that because it's important that people understand how busy we are because then retailers will be like oh consumers actually want this item so i do it intentionally to to do just that but it's it's not like i'm going <laughs> in my manufacturing facility and just taping up a bunch of empty boxes and throwing them on a pallet and taking a picture and be like, hey, look at all the shipments this week, and then you know taking the tape off and then putting the boxes back on the shelf. Like, I don't do that. Um, so you, you, I would say it's okay until. And, and, and the until is until somebody finds out who you really are. So, I mean, it's no different. It's not just – I mean, it's the same concept in life and everything else. Like, you can fake it in a relationship till you're outed. You could fake it uh, as an employee for a Fortune 500 company. At some point, you're going to be – you're going to be, you know – um, pinned with a task that you can't complete because you actually have no, no clue at all. So there, I, I think Josh's point or, jo you know, what you're kind of pitching with this is like, why don't we just take on the honest Abe mentality and just be honest about who we are 
And I think people appreciate honesty, but it's so hard. Like in 2020, I cannot tell you whether or not somebody is, is, and I'm a pretty good reader of people. Sometimes you can smell bullshit from like 10 miles away, but people are getting better at it and they're getting really good at camouflaging the bullshit um, with this face that they put out on social media or in in person. Like I know that you've probably talked to people in person, Josh, who are just straight con artists, who are just probably straight pieces of garbage, but they come off as nice because they're really good at doing that. Um, and for a consumer to distinguish that, you know, it, it's difficult for guys like you and me who deal with bullshit every single day, it's becoming more and more difficult. Yeah. I mean, I think the reps help you a little bit, but to your case, I mean, they're getting better as well, um, because they've done it for so long that I think you just get, uh, more advanced in the way that you do it. Um, it, you know, I think that there is this case in our industry where there's been a lot of, like, it's been kind of in the background of like the, the subculture, like sports nutrition has been tied to like the bodybuilding subculture and like all this kind of thing where like, there's not a lot of, um, I guess spotlights or, or flashlights that are put towards that space. Um, be it from the sports side, be it from the business side, whatever it is. And because of that, there's not a lot of these like entrepreneurial stories where like somebody comes out, like you think about other industries, you think about, you know, just general food and beverage, you think about technology, you think about all these ones, they have, you know, these entrepreneurs that put out, you know, their biographies, and there's tons of articles on Forbes and Fortune, and there's um, entrepreneurial, like, deep dive spotlights on CNBC and Bloomberg and CNN and all these different things. So you start to, like, know about these people, because for so long, if you're telling your story, and you're sharing information all this time, like it's very hard to continue to keep like this fake it till you make it lie going on forever. Like eventually you just, um, you you're outed or people realize, Oh, this is real story. And and this is great. And you can learn from it. And it's a great positive story that you could see this person was real and authentic throughout this whole process. There's not necessarily a lot of those stories in our space. Like when you do hear a story about an entrepreneur that made it, um, it's always like this, these crazy stories from the past of like, oh, you should have been there. These parties were crazy. And it's like nobody ever shares the like, oh, this guy was like grinding for 120 hour weeks. He was doing this like he nobody really puts it in the words of like being confident enough to just say like, this is how I built my business. Mm-hmm. This is how I became who I am. Like, I, I'd be interested to hear like the story of Optimum Nutrition, like how they built the, it up to that sale of Glambia. I'm sure it's an interesting story. I'm sure there's some crazy stories as well that whatever, but I think I would love to hear that story. I would love to hear how they, uh, I think it was the Costello brothers that kind of built that brand up and sold it. Like, how did they do that? And now they restarted another brand and they're doing some other things. Like how, what's their mindset? How are they building those things? Like that's a story that's probably pretty cool and it's probably pretty authentic and pretty transparent, but um, we don't hear about it. And, and neither, not even people in our industry really hear about it. I mean, unless you probably know them or you work for them or, or whatever it is, but you also like, if you are the analyst for Morgan Stanley, you've never heard that story or even know anything about it. So like, how do you then think to yourself, wow, that was a really like, authentic, real story about an industry that's high growing, that's doing great. I would love to to dive in deeper. I would love to learn more about these businesses because there's probably so many other of these entrepreneurs that are really great and really doing awesome things. But instead, the only things they hear is like X steroid dealer busted for this. That, you know, like that's what they hear. And then they think, oh, what the heck? These guys are a bunch of just like snake oil salesman clowns that are out there, you know, dr- driving around in their rented Bentleys. It's funny, uh, you know, that you say that because I mean, there are those. I mean, they're not wrong. There are those, but 
I mean, to give credit to the space, I think there are more of the other people. I mean, I, I'd like to at least believe that there are more of the honest people um, than that. But it's for every one, you know, snake oil salesman, there's 10 good people. We don't hear about the t- good people. You hear about, again, you know, X, I, X guy does. I, and it. I think I think you're right about that. But I think that the, the people that are doing it in the kind of honest, authentic way are not putting themselves out there to tell the story. Like right. they're, they're the ones that are just kind of like, I'm just going to be kind of in the background and not talk about what I'm doing. And that hurts everybody. If they're not doing that, if they're not kind of, maybe they're just scared that they're not going to be looked at the same way because they, they aren't flashy. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, Oh, people are going to look at them and be like, Oh, what a square bear. Like, but I think that's needed from like a bigger, um, altruistic industry thing. Like we need to hear those stories to help everybody, move up and, and kind of progress. Uh, if not, it's just going to be the same thing going on and on again. Yeah. I mean, I mean, do you think it ever changes? I think it's just, I mean, it's, it's embedded so deep into the DNA of this industry. I think that there's always going to be some fake it till you make it bullshit. Always. I, th- I think it's going to always be there, but I think it's going to slowly get kind of pushed out um, because you could see with the kind of erosion of, just like what what's considered sports nutrition, I think is is big thing that's happened with you know ready to eats, ready to drinks, even like you consider like beauty supplements or personal nutritions or like you're getting these like tech startups uh, or tech entrepreneurs that are kind of getting in there. You're getting like women entrepreneurs. You're getting like people that are kind of breaking into the subculture that are eventually going to force the hand of everybody else to like you you either move in our direction and kind of legitimize everything because we're the ones getting the exits we're the ones getting the investments we're the ones that are actually doing great things or you could sit back and just continue to do what you do and everybody eventually is going to realize you're full of shit and you know it's going to go the other direction so like i think eventually it's like you have either you, you you force the hand of them to do that or um you know they sit back and, and they kind of just keep trying to fake, you know, 18 year old kids into thinking that they are cool. I don't know. I mean, it's like the, it's like the high school uh, quarterback that uh, never made it. That's still at 45 years old in his, his hometown still talking about the good old days. That's what, so I kind of feel like it's like, I mean, boy, does that sound like my hometown? Boy, <laughs> um, yeah, I guess, you know, it's, it's, it's an interesting conversation and probably people out there that listen to this or watch this podcast and I hope if you are one of those uh, people who've been faking it, like maybe at some point you're like, maybe I just need to stop. Maybe I should, uh, you know, don't focus so much effort and time on trying to portray somebody you're not or a business that you're not. Like be the business that you want. Like I, we say that all the time. Like be the business that you want to be. Like if you're pretending online about a business that like you think you run, then why don't you like figure out how the, how the hell we get there? Like if that's, if that's the lifestyle that you want, uh, but you're living on credit card debt or whatever it might be like, then figure it out. I mean, it, it, and, and maybe that's not for you. I don't know. But um, I think the note though, then here is from the flip side as a consumer, like what, what do you do? What do you look for as a consumer? Like to, to look through the bullshit. And that's difficult because first off, consumers aren't educated within this industry. Like they don't understand um, this space as much. I mean, they, they think it's cool. Everybody wants a supplement brand. Everybody wants to be involved or attached to a brand because that's like the cool thing to do. But I feel bad for them only because like, how, how are they supposed to know? Like, how are they supposed to know? They, we don't, it's not like they can listen to two guys, one shaker cup podcast and Josh and I are going to sit here and say, okay, brand a, B and C are all bullshit. D E good. 
F bullshit. Like, we don't do that because yeah. we ourselves have a hard time knowing unless we're let behind closed doors. And if we're let behind closed doors, typically we're signing, like, an NDA, so we can't talk about it anyway. So um, I think consumers, for me, my advice is, like, consumers need to connect with the brand and try to have a conversation digitally is probably what's going to happen. But at le- through conversation, sometimes you can get to the, the root of who somebody is. Now, you may not, but at least it's an attempt and an effort to get there. Yeah, I think for the consumers that are interested in having a bigger connection to a brand and, and really trying to figure out who's behind things, I think there's a lot of brands that are doing a great job at trying to peel back a lot of the layers and try to show you behind the scenes and do those types of things. But you can fake that as well. I think it's important for them to take it a few steps further than that. If you have the opportunity to ever meet them in person, like at a trade show or at, you know, maybe some demos across the country, if they have something like that, like actually see if how they talk and how they act in person represents how they are in social media world. And if those things match up, then you, you tend to think things are pretty good. And then if you don't have that opportunity, just kind of watch how the, how they like interact with their own, um, social medias, you know, like it's one thing for like the corporate social media to act and talk a certain way, but like most of these people probably have, you know, a Twitter or Facebook or an Instagram that's their own, like look to see how they interact with their own friends, their own people that follow them or whatever. If they're just as a good dude, like in normal conversation, odds are that's probably how they are. And I think that then you can check the boxes and say, Hey, this is a real person that I want to, um, support, um, the opposite side. Hey, maybe some consumers like they want to, you know, be somebody that also rents a Ferrari or whatever. <laughs> like, hey, and that's who you support. I don't know. But I just I think over time that is not going to be um, a net positive for our industry as a whole. And I'd like for more of us to, to start to call some of that out and not necessarily put some of that stuff on a pedestal where, you know, I get people all the time messaging me and saying, hey, I want to tell you this story about you know, X, Y, Z, I think that'd be great for you to talk about on whatever. And I say, it's not my thing. Like, I, I'm not going to talk about drama or, or, you know, kind of crazy things. Cause I'm like, if anybody would meet me in real life, they know, like, that's not me. Like, I don't go you're to very, these things. You're and very drama driven, man. You're all about <laughs> I'm it. Like, I'm like, I'm like, I'm the, I'm the kind of guy that's like, somebody invites me out to like an all, all like a tables with bottles and this, that. And I just go like, yeah, I think I'm just going to go to bed. Like, so like for me to talk about that stuff in like out there about other people's stories, like that's not even my place. So like, I'd love for people just to like shut that stuff down and be like, nah, that's not what I want to talk about. But I, I understand that gets, you know, likes and people try to monetize that stuff and do whatever. But I think just overall, like we have to cut the bullshit in the industry. We have to cut that because the more that we, we cut that out, the, the better we all do. I, I think that that's the, like, cause what's going to end up happening is like, if you fake it, Eventually somebody finds out, yeah. be it me, be it a private equity firm, be it an investor, be it whatever it is. Like when somebody opens up your books and looks at things, whatever you thought you were going to get for your business, not going to happen. So it's like, what's the point of doing it? Because when it comes, when a push comes to shove, when you actually are trying to get somebody to pony up some real money to get you out of the business, like it's not going to happen. Like, so I don't know why that is an attractive way to act, but you know, Hey, that maybe that's a different mindset that I need to learn and put myself in that shoes, but I don't get it. The other part, and as we, as we wrap up the episode is what if you're not faking it, but what you're putting out there and you're being fully transparent comes off cocky and arrogant, right? Like, I mean, there is that flip side. So again, I don't, I'm, I'm not saying cocky and arrogant at all, but going back to Aaron, cause we talked about him earlier, like 
posting on it's his personal page, you know, his personal, but a lot of Redcon fans will follow his personal account, but like the private jet trips to vitamin shop meetings and things of that nature. Like that's all real. That's real Redcon life. Like, I mean, which is cool, but some people could perceive that as, you know, flaunting or cocky or bragging. Um, so I don't know, like, I don't know the right answer to this. You know, I mean, there is, he's transparent. He shows you his kids and he shows you his house. It's a beautiful home. I've been there. It's awesome. Like, I don't personally have an issue with it. I think it's cool. And, and, you know, with him showing sales figures in in the millions for a month, but I can see why somebody might be like, he's flaunting, he's being cocky. Um, I mean, is there, in your opinion, is there too much transparency? No, because I think the transparency over time actually feeds the right people. Like if, if you're just looking at somebody like Aaron's or as another example, like Andy Frisella that owns um, yeah, first, good, good first form, like if you were only to like look at their pages once every couple months and you only saw like a really nice car or, or a, a private jet or something like that, you might just think like this guy's full of shit or these guys are full of shit. But for the people that are following every single day, they realize like in the case of maybe Andy Frisella, like, Hey, all those really fancy cars he shows, he really loves those cars. He is passionate about those cars. He loves everything about them, and he's worked extremely hard to get them. I want to aspire to be like that because, dang, he really put in a lot of work. Like, But if you only saw it every once in a while, that's, oh, man, this guy's full of shit. Similar to like Aaron, if you saw some of the things that he did, you might think, wow, this guy's just trying to front or whatever. But like, if you look at it every day, you go, okay, he's doing these things because, one, it's a business necessity sometimes. Two, it's like he's not necessarily ever like trying to flaunt it in a way. It's like, hey, this is just literally like my day-to-day life. I'm right. being extremely transparent. Um, you guys could pick it apart all you want, but like this is really my life. This is what I do. And I think he's consistent, and both guys are very consistent. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where this kind of starts to show because you can't – you can't continue like these lies for decades. Right. Um, and, and the longer you're doing it and the longer you're more transparent, I think the more that consumers, the right consumers find the way, like there's going to be some that still constantly think you're full of shit because they're only going to see a little bit of it. But like the ones that are in it every single day, they realize like what's real and what's fake. Yeah. And that's a great point. If you periodically check and then sure. And like, you know, the final thought with Aaron, I mean, he literally just posted or maybe his wife just posted a couple days ago, they're like their first apartment in Boca, some small little thing, right? Like, so you come from humble beginnings and you do well for yourself. You should be able to enjoy the finer things in life if that's what you want to do. No problem with that. So uh, if you have a comment on the episode, go ahead and leave us a comment on Facebook, Instagram, over at LinkedIn as well, or our YouTube channel. We'd love to hear from you because I think this is a, an interesting topic. And I think people have different perspectives and, and um, I guess, thoughts as it pertains it. You can follow Josh Shaw on uh, the social platforms at Jay Shaw Consulting. Uh, until next time, I like this. I like it. I'm going to go back to faking it. Um, and um, if you see, if you scroll through Josh's Instagram and you see him, you know, posing with his uh, amazing Kmart Huffy bike, it's because that's the lifestyle that Josh, that's not bullshit. He just, I mean, it's just. That's as real as I can get. That's as real as he can get. We're on iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, Stitcher, YouTube, Google Podcasts, and more. Follow us along on our social media channels. We're on Facebook, Two Guys, One Cup, Instagram, and Twitter.